York City. Spring of 1929. The snows were thawing. The city was coming back to glorious life. And New York was basked in the warmth of a new sun. The market was booming. The spring pretended great things. Wealth. Happiness. Romance. The girls were bobbing their hair and stepping out in their summer dresses. And the men were wearing poplin. I feel like a million bucks. It's poplin. Ziegfeld girls, new dances from Africa, Exotica, Eugene O'Neill, hubba hubba. Now the country was healing its war wounds and behind closed doors, drinking away what it couldn't forget on its own. Uh, what'll it be? Rye, bourbon, whiskey? In Manhattan, at least. In certain precincts of Brooklyn. In Brownsville, for example. There were different priorities. Get a good belt. A bad belt snaps and leaves your gut hanging. A good belt stretches. A good belt for when you need to eat. Talasim, quality talasim. Religious articles, Shabbos candles. No, the things on sale on Livonia Avenue were not quite the glittering enticements of Manhattan. The gossip was different, too, in Manhattan. I heard George had that part. Delaney caught him in flagrante with his mistress. In Brownsville. Heard a rumor that he was in Queens and he wasn't wearing his yarmulke. And he was eating spaghetti, bologna nades with cheese and meat at the same time. There were reasons young men were not eager to stay. And so, at institutes of higher learning all around the city, bright, ambitious graduates were looking to step forth boldly into the future, away from the boroughs, and into Manhattan. This was the day before the seniors of Brooklyn Law would be graduating and beginning to make their way into the world. Well, nearly all. There was one. Harry Dolowich, you've got an incomplete on this transcript, and that's all there is to it. Well, you can come back next semester. Come back next semester? Why? Well, these are the rules. Stanley Gelman is, is going to have to repeat two semesters. Stanley Gelman? He looks like he should be on ice on Fulton Street. It's not a beauty contest. You'll be quizzed properly in the final exam for foundations. How did you manage to get to the second year without finishing the first? Uh, Professor Fogelmacher? Said I could make it up, and I did, orally. Where are the results? Professor Fogelmacher's losing his marbles, Dean Flan. He told me he made a note. He recorded the grade. Now he can't find the note. Did he write it on the back of his hand and then wash it? Or uh, on his wife's shopping list and then she took it to Mandelbaum's? Who can say? Not me. They throw the trash out rigorously at Mandelbaum's, and even if I looked, I wouldn't be able to find the refuse because it's gone down the Goannas. Professor... Fogelmarker. And he said... He said he doesn't remember. True words were never spoken. I just want my degree so I could come back and donate a library for you. Fact is, I can't afford another three minutes of school, let alone to repeat a course I've already done. And a year from now, you'll say, he could have been a proud alumnus instead. A bum. I don't follow. I don't blame you. I guess between my verbal agreement with Professor Fogelmacher, his mental condition as a teacher, and the administrative irregularities that allowed me to take advanced classes without the necessary preparation, we'll have to get a court to unravel it all. What? You're threatening to sue? This is a law school. I thought the whole point is to teach students how to pursue justice through the courts, isn't it? Listen, my family's coming to commencement, and they expect to see me graduate. I'll consider it. That's fantastic. G- good day, Mr. Dolby. Thank you so much, sir. You know... Now that I'm graduating with an A average, it may only be right to put me up for valedictorian. Get out of my office! This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. Harry, what a blessing! 
to be able to officiate at my best friend's graduation. Rabbi Morris Lakowski, Harry's oldest friend. And spiritual advisor. Was chosen to give the benediction. And, just as in the parable, like the woodland animals that the fox led to the lion, you have all come to the top of the mountain. Does he look all right in that gown I made for him? Shush, 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 shush. Harry's Uncle Alf was sitting with his mother and Brother Irving in the audience. I told him. I could have made him a better one. But it's your families and your teachers who have led you. It's just a gown. Just a gown? This raises a fascinating question. You think it's roomy enough? I do. Stop talking about the gown. It's hard to make a gown the right way. Tight where it should be tight. Baggy where it should be baggy. Is anyone hungry? I brought a smoke. Could you be quiet? <laughs> well, more chub for Alf. <laughs> and now it is up to all of you to mm. go higher. Mm. Congratulations. Sha! You should be a blessing to your community. Shut your face, Alf. And now it's such an honor to introduce a true American hero, Sergeant Yu. Sergeant Eugene Patterson. Oh, this guy is good. He was my speaker, too. Years ago, I was a beat cop. When an armed bank robber shot at my leg, and that was the end of that leg, I thought, well, I better use my brain. I went to night classes here. I worked my way up for the city, the DA's office, and who's on my docket? A certain bank robber who shot my leg off. This time, he poisoned a horse. Well, I made sure to prosecute him to the fullest extent of the law, and today that man is rotting in a cell at Rikers Island while I'm here addressing you fine young men. The law is not some abstraction. It's a living, breathing tool we can use to really get back at those who hurt us. And now, you lucky graduates, it's in your hands. I might have lost my leg, but he lost his life. Think about that. I thought he said it very well. Justice. There's a bone in my throat. Alf, go outside. Shh, Uncle Alf, they're Genesis still calling names. Joseph Carl. Dolowich. Harold Solomon who was also the winner of the Irwin and Mabel Zimmerman Prize for Forensics. Well done, Harry! Listen, Harry. You shake my hand with your right, you take the diploma with your left, and then you keep on walking. Look at him talking to the team. Boy, Harry Dolowich, he just loves to talk to everyone, and they do what he tells them to do. And I don't want to see your face again until you come back and you donate that library. Is that understood? I'm thinking about naming a wing after... Professor Fogelmacher. Oh, what a beautiful gesture to give such an honor to Professor Fogelmacher. Of course, Harry, prizes aren't the only things that matter. Hey, go, go, go. You should be with your family. What is it with this family? Everyone just leaves oh, it. Oh, Ma, don't cry. Not everyone leaves yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You... Pop? I'm not leaving it. I just want to get a job in the city. I thought you'd be happy. You go to that city, and it doesn't work. And then you go to another city, even further away. That's how your father started traveling. He's a traveling salesman. It's different. He didn't go to Manhattan. He traveled to God knows where. How long has he been gone so far? Eight years? 
How long does it take to sell a batch of hairbrushes? Uncle Al. Listen, Katz really wants to talk to you. He's very impressed with you. He wants to talk. Yeah, you said. He would really like to sit down and talk with you. Those were his words. I don't want to work for Katz. That's not the kind of law I want to practice. <laughs> what are you talking about? There's only one kind of law. I don't know, maybe some states have different kinds, but you know what I mean. You can't kill a man in Utah, just like you can't kill a man in New York. It's God's law. No, Uncle Alf, there's actually a few kinds. There's small, and there's big, and there's pathetic. The small and pathetic is the stuff that Katz does. It's just a question of taste. You don't get rich doing Katz's law. You are acting like the king, but you don't even have office I have an in interview. City. You know how hard these interviews are to get. An interview is not a job. A job working for my father-in-law's business is not the job I want. You don't have a father-in-law. I know, Irving. I was referring to you and your father-in-law. I already work for my father-in-law. I don't understand why you won't just find a good job here. Cats can't live much longer the way he looks. You could take over his whole office. I heard a rumor. Irving's wife, Estelle, she stayed silent through most conversations, then began sentences with, I heard a rumor, which she hoped would give an aura of mystery to even the dullest of facts, as in, I heard a rumor. They're selling cheap cow's feet at Klinger's. Didn't always work, but tonight, I heard a rumor. Charlotte Lefkowitz. Charlotte Lefkowitz, the girl Harry had always been in love with, had decided to become an actress and lit out for California after college. And that was the last that Harry had heard from her. Got a spot on the cackler. The very mention of Charlotte's name put him in a reverie. Charlotte? Charlotte Lefkowitz? Harry Dolowitz, I heard you were in town. Oh, did you? Harry, hello? Time for graduation gifts. Harry, I want you to have this picture. Recognize that little guy. <laughs> I thought, you're sitting there, you're a big mucky muck. Maybe you talk on the phone, you can look. Thank you very much. I got you a little something too. Harry's middle brother, Sam, the boxer. Although he hid that from his mother, who thought he was a night watchman at a hat maker's. Sammy, no, what have you done? In case you get hit in the face or just hungry. Is that state? Sam. You're giving me a steak in a box? Highly broiled. It's a man's best friend. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. That's... Sammy's such a good boy. There's, there's so much. Don't you need this? Honestly, if you, if you want to share it when we get home, I wouldn't be against it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Here you go. Happy graduation. What is this, a tie clip? Ask me what the clip's for. Come on. A tie? No, no, no. You ask me. What's it for? What's the tie clip for? Ta-da! It's for a tie! I want you to think of me, Harry, as if I'm on your chest all the time. All right, you know what? I'm going to head in. They broadcast it live, right, from CBS? Harry, no. That's no good. You can't go into Manhattan Island now. It's not safe. Somebody, tell him. Don't wait up. Take a smoked fish for the train. There's just something wonderful about eating on a subway train. Mrs. Dolowich, where'd Harry go? I had to give over an important message from Mr. Katz. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine. Coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Who is it? Who's there? 
<laughs> it's curtains for you, Cackler. You've walked right in my trap. <laughs> so stop cackling. <laughs> oh! What did you do to slash my kidney? You might say you've been sidled up to. The cackler had an occasional sidekick. The sidler. How's that for the swift hand of justice, eh, cackler? <laughs> oh, cackler, I'm so glad you made it just in time before the giant swinging axe fell. Charlotte, is that you? It was. She was unmistakable. Charlotte Lefkowitz. Harry made his rapid way up toward the CBS studios to see a knot of glamorous actors leaving. Harry Dolowitz. What are you doing in this part of Midtown? I was just walking by. I've been interviewing at a few different firms. At this time of night? Sure. These interviews can run for hours. They have us all racing against each other like thoroughbreds. I guess you actors are used to... Being treated like animals? Yeah. Well, my cast is going on to some speakeasy. The cast of the cackler? You don't say. Yeah, bunch of phonies between you and me. Charles Kensington's about as British as my Aunt Myrna. If they're a bunch of phonies, why go out with them? Come on, we'll catch up. Mm, you do miss them out there. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. Harry, you don't have to tell a syrup man's daughter what the special is. So when'd you get back, really? When it became clear all the private fittings and auditions weren't for any actual motion picture. What were they for, then? Oh, got it. Took me long enough. Well, look at us. Both of us thought we were headed places. And we're not? Well, you might be. I'm just on a return ticket. That's not so. That's the craziest thing I ever heard. Someone else, someone without your gifts and looks, if you don't mind me saying so, they should give up. You? I gotta think of the future, so no, I don't think I'll be in the acting racket much longer. That's your father talking. Maybe, but he and his brother didn't build Lefkowitz syrups into one of the top ten syrup brands by, oh, I forget how it goes. Anyhow, it's been nice to see you, but I did make plans to meet someone, so... Charlotte had always been of a sardonic cast, but this utter world weariness was new. Who was she meeting? Was it a part of her sadness? Maybe Harry could help. When Harry saw Charlotte get on a train, he got on the next car and followed her. Not something he would ordinarily have done, but he rationalized these were unusual circumstances. He followed her all the way to the line outside the grotto, a popular midtown night spot, where he saw her greet Johnny Flintsman of Flintsman Furs. Harry? Charlotte? What a coincidence. I can't believe this, seeing you on the street just moments after we were together. Yes, what a coincidence. Well, I just need a little walk. That's an affordable pastime. Oh, Johnny, I didn't see you there. You just kind of blended in with that dun-colored wall. See, I like to go for a nice long walk when I have difficult decisions to make. Since I last saw you, I've had two rival offers from two different firms. So fast? Well, this dun-colored wall happens to belong to the grotto. Not that you would know what that is. Oh, are you waiting to get in here? I didn't realize people still did that. Yeah, well, they do. Well, that's New York for you. You put up a rope to see a tree and chumps all line up behind it. Really? Well, I saw Clara Bow go in while I was waiting before. Is she a chump? Clara Bow? No. But I bet she wasn't waiting in line. We won't be out here much longer. In New York, the name Johnny Flintsman means something. I wouldn't want to know what. <laughs> oh, keep making your wisecracks, Harry. We can both stand out here as long as we need. Charlotte, are you warming that fur I got you? 
I am. Yeah, I'm warm too, because it's actually quite a warm night to be wearing a fur. When we go inside, you can keep cracking wise to that homeless man over there. Maybe he'll be amused. Maybe you two could make a song and dance act together for Nichols. Oh, come on, Johnny. I'm just in good spirits and having fun. Don't take it the wrong way. Oh, I won't. It's all in good fun. In fact, Johnny was filing it all away. He was notorious for holding on to grudges and remembering slights. Johnny glowered at Harry through narrowed eyes. So what's the dilemma, Harry? Well, might you ask? You see, the first offer's from a very promising firm, young, energetic, and full of adventurous cases. Great. Maybe go on a long adventure, somewhere far away. What's the catch? See, the second firm has money, there's no question. It'd be a warm, comfortable, insulated existence. But, if you ask me, the place lacks character. Well, no place is perfect, Harry. I'm sure the first one is flawed. I'll just go with the first one. What was I thinking? Boy, what a thrilling saga. And to think we were here to witness it. Oh, Mr. Flintsman, your table's ready. Not a moment too soon. Andiamo. Will you want the table for three? We will not. Harry, I think I heard an ambulance siren going in the direction of Roosevelt Island. You could make it if you run. See, now that I look back, why was it even a choice between a place that's got money but no class and one that's got bright prospects, good teeth, and a sparkle in its eye? The firm's got good teeth? Yeah, it's just a legal term. Sir, if you are not with these two, you can't come any further. I guess it's good night, Harry. Good night, Charlotte. And Johnny, try to remember to use a knife and fork when they serve you. Have a good time, you gorilla. And with that, Harry really was left out in the street. As he turned away, he cast a glance back toward Charlotte, but she'd already disappeared inside. All he saw was a busboy tossing out some old candle nubs and dried rose stems in the gutter. Yeah, I know the look. You staring at the wall in love with your boss's girl, all poignant-wise. My boss? Well, nuts to those rich swells we work for, huh? Harry seized his chance. Yeah, you said it. Oh, shoot. Hey, you mind doing a favor for me? Favor? Yeah, I forgot to send this request over to one of your customers. You really gotta talk to the maitre d'. I just can't bring myself to go back in there. You, you understand. Yeah, I really shouldn't. I know, I know. But if he sees my mug in there one more time, he's gonna can me for sure. Who do you work for? Johnny Flintsman, and he wants to send over a magnum of champagne to Clara Bow. Oh, and one to each of the men at her table, too. Don't ask me why. I know the kind. Hey, you've been real sympathetic. And make sure he doesn't leave without giving you a big tip. It wasn't much, but the little prank put Harry in a better frame of mind. And now he could face the next day. Harry didn't really have those offers, but he had a fire burning deep inside him again. Every time he thought it couldn't burn more brilliantly, it did. He spent the wee hours walking the city, the streets that he knew would be his one day. And then he went back to Brownsville. He found himself passing by Morris's little synagogue, a small wooden structure, barely intact. Inside, he heard crying. <laughs> Is everything all right? Yes, Harry, Harry, hi, it's just me. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Oh, Morris, it's not a fast day, is it? Sometimes Morris cried because the temple had been destroyed 2,000 years earlier. Would have been hard to comfort him that being the case. Did you accidentally make eye contact with a lady in the subway? Did a drop of milk touch your brisket? No, Harry, I just, oh, I... I didn't make a connection today in the graduation speech. I, I could just feel it. Ugh, it was so different from how I expected it would go. We're not all good speakers like you, Harry. 
We don't all know where we're going. Sure, we put up a, a big front, but... Well, there are times, Morris, when I could use some guidance myself. No, I don't believe it. You know, I'm in love with Charlotte Lefkowitz. Sure, sure, everyone Well, knows. I have been since we were in kindergarten together, and I realized it again tonight. Ah, it is beautiful. Mazel tov. But her father wanted to marry money. Yeah, Johnny Flintsman. That's what I hear. I know I can make a million dollars, but now I have to, and maybe apply for... Uh, don't worry about it. So, hmm, you know what we're gonna do? Take a volume off the shelf. What, these large leather ones? Yeah, yeah. Uh, take one off the shelf and open up a page at random. We're gonna see what the Talmud has to say. Why, well, we don't have... Come on. Let's see what it says. Let's see what it says. Let's see what's uh, yes. Here it is. It says a man shouldn't sit on the edge of a bed of an Aramean woman. What are you talking about, Morris? Think, Harry. Have you sat on the edge of the bed of an Aramean woman? No. So it'll be all right then. Be happy. Now you feel better. And I feel better. Well, I don't feel better. That's but... the Brownsville way. You help me, I'll help you. Whatever you do, it'll be wonderful. And Charlotte will know what the name Dolowich stands for. By the way, you should call Katz. He's very eager to talk. But Harry wanted to forge his own path. He wanted more than to be part of a machine. Though what he wanted exactly, couldn't quite define. Pickled cabbage. It wasn't just money or power. It was something like, like mattering. Chicken meatballs. Now, to make good on his word to Charlotte, Veal meatballs. would he have to give up his larger dreams and become a cog? Get them before they drop out of my hands. Even a high-paid cog? I mean it. Go, go, go. You should be with your family. I don't follow. I already work for my father alone. Make a song and dance act together for nickels. <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, Kevin. And now it is up to all of you to go higher. It's not safe. Somebody tell him. Next week, see Slug and Sam get in a ring and fight like he's never fought before. And I'm falling, falling, falling. It was one thing to talk his way into a complete transcript. Has he talked his way into everything in life so far? It would be another to talk his way into a top-tier firm. Yes, but would he? God willing. It's not for us to presume. Hmm. We'll find out very soon. Chicago history you never learned in school. My name is Alyssa Dykstrahaus, and I am an architectural tour guide in Chicago. I got curious about my city's past, and it is absolutely fascinating. I like to say Chicago has been Chicagoing since they started Chicago. Over the past few years, I immersed myself in the more obscure stories. I am brimming with excitement to share these stories with my friends and you. Let's face it, everyone knows about the Great Chicago Fire. But do you know about Captain Streeter and the formation of Streeterville? Find out about the origins of the phrase Mickey Finn. Oma Lord will be equal parts history, irreverence, and love of the greatest city in the world.